Hello, today is Wednesday, October 18th, 2023, and welcome to episode 263 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm Lester Munson, and I'm joined here today by NSI's founder and executive director, Jamil Jaffer, and NSI's deputy executive director, Jessica Jones, and my fellow, senior fellow, Morgan Vigna. Uh, folks, uh, we're going to talk about President Biden's visit to Israel today. Uh, I want to note that we are recording this before the visit, and you are in all likelihood listening to it after the visit, uh, such is the nature of podcast world. Um, so we're going to talk today about U.S. policy, President Biden's visit, how we think things are going. I want to just point out that uh, I think it's terrific President Biden is going to Israel showing the flag, showing uh, in the most demonstrable way possible, with the possible exception of two aircraft carrier groups in the Mediterranean being off the coast, uh, that the U.S. stands with Israel and that Israel's fight is also America's fight. Uh, and I think it's hugely important he's going. It comes in the context of Secretary of State Tony Blinken spending a week doing shuttle diplomacy with, with uh, countries in the region, Egypt, UAE, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, others, multiple trips to Israel. He was he met with the Israeli cabinet for about eight hours on Monday. They came to an agreement on humanitarian access to Gaza. So I'm hoping we can each talk about uh, what we uh, anticipate happening with respect to President Biden's visit to Israel, what we think of uh, Biden administration policy over the last couple of weeks and how we think things are going to go in the next few days. Jones, I want to go to you first. What are your what is your sense of the situation today? Well, first, Les, I want to call it on our episode on Monday. You said President Biden should be going out there. And lo and behold, less than 24 hours later, it was announced. So you ask and you shall receive. Um, the I White House must have been listening. I know. Big audience here. Um, to your point about, you know, shuttle diplomacy and Secretary Blinken's visit, like I think we see it being not as effective as um, maybe the administration had wanted. And they're bringing in the big guns right now, literally with the president coming in to shore up support. Um, you know, I think I think we have a lot of opinions on what's going to be covered. I think there's going to be a lot of messages and a lot of things happening during his visit. So I'll focus on just one, which is kind of focusing on the comments President Biden and other members of his administration have made before he's left public comments. Um, he, you know, it seems to have a pivot in the administration. Some of the words that are, that are coming out that they're really focusing on messaging. One of their focuses on messaging is that a lot, most of the Palestinians in, um, in Gaza do not support Hamas, right? You know, almost 50% of the population is under 14. It's a lot of children. And so I think there is a focus on the humanitarian crisis that's unfolding or that is already there and is going to continue to unfold. The Washington Post reported that the announcement about the visit was delayed and held back until it was agreed that corridors for humanitarian aid would be opened. Um, I think, you know, there's talks that are going to be on safe areas for civilians. Jamil's already discussed a little bit of that on Monday. And as we know, Biden, she pointed out, is going to be visiting other, is going to go into Jordan to meet the Egyptian president, the Jordanian president, and the Palestinian Authority president. So there's going to be a lot of focus, I think, on the people um, and, and the crisis there. And I think, like I brought up on Monday, I think there'll be conversations about what the future of Gaza looks like after ground operations. You know, what's going to occur in the region? Does Israel have a plan? What could that look like? Maybe share some lessons learned from our presence in the region, or I don't know if lessons learned is maybe the right way to term it for some folks, but share some 
some insight. And I think there's both, you know, a real humanitarian element to it. And I think probably some political calculation right now across the United States and across the world, there's tons of support for Israel. They were, you know, the victims of horrendous terrorist attacks. But as more, you know, if there is a ground ground invasion and as more and more images of casualties and, and carnage come out there, you know, there might be an erosion in that support. And I think President Biden is going to send that, you know, deliver that message. And I, I think that's going to be something that weighs on him. I don't know about other world leaders, but I think that's something he has to keep in mind. Jamil, where are you on uh, the Biden administration's actions over the last couple of weeks and your expectations for today? Well, look, I actually have been heartened by the administration's uh, public stance. It's, it's, it's uh, outward stance has been fairly strong in support of Israel. They've sent small diameter bombs. They've sent uh, more uh, weaponry to support the Iron, Iron Dome system uh, and the like. And President Biden going to the region and having sent Secretary Blinken there to the region um, are both net positives demonstrating our support for Israel um, and the effort to try and find a path forward uh, where less civilians die and what is inevitably going to be uh, a brutal a ground incursion into Gaza, as it must be, because, of course, Hamas is hiding among civilians. It's intentionally telling its own people, no, stay in the north of Gaza where Israel told you to leave uh, so you can die uh, in the face of this. I mean, Gaza, Hamas has demonstrated once again its callous disregard not only for the Israelis, uh, but for its own people as well. Um, and so, you know, but at the same time, you know, if if, if Jess is right and, you know, uh, President Biden's going to go there and, and raise lots of concerns about whether Israel's actions uh, will be justified or will be will have the popular support of the Europeans and the like. I mean, that's going to make this visit a disaster if he had hedges and haws and hems and haws. Remember, nobody, not the Europeans, not our allies in the Middle East, nobody hemmed and hawed after Al Qaeda attacked the U.S. and killed 3000 Americans in a single day on 9-11. So if the U.S. is seen as hemming and hawing about the situation in the Middle East and as Israel suffered the equivalent of 16 of those in a single day, right, I think we have a real problem. Uh, what needs to be done is Hamas has long been a, ter a terror organization listed in the U.S. They need to be taken to pieces in Gaza um, and removed from the battlefield. Israel is going to do that. They need to have full throated support of the U.S. In, in undertaking that effort. Morgan, what are you hoping to see today? Well, first, I think it's a it's a very positive signal that Bibi invited Biden to to Israel, and I think it's even even more positive signal that uh, Biden is actually going. Um, this relationship has not been as ironclad as I think many um, in the administration would like Americans to believe. So I think that during times of crisis, the United States stands with Israel, and that is a very positive signal. At the same time, Biden desperately needs to regain credibility in a region that his administration has largely ignored since it took office. Blinken has been shuttling back and forth across the Middle East with little effect. And particularly, I, mean, I think we saw specifically in Qatar, the moment Blinken leaves, who did the Qataris host? Abu Mazen, the head of the Palestinian Authority. Who are the Qataris hosting? They're hosting the leader of Hamas. So I think we need to be very clear-eyed here about the actual impact that the United States can actually have with countries that, quite frankly, are currently hedging towards Iran because they see Iran as gaining strength in the region. And the United States, which is, a, frankly, to use an Emirati term, abandoned the region for the past two years, um, we've got a lot of ground to, to make up for. 
Yeah, I'm not. Right, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that, that that you know we're sort of we're sort of folding to Iran here. I actually think what what the Arab states are doing is they're actually looking at their own public and are worried about losing support amongst their own public. I don't think this is about Iran. I don't think I don't think Qatar or UAE is worried about what Iran thinks. I think they're worried about their own publics think. That's I think what they're what they're sort of weighing against, right? And look, I I have no problem with the Qataris uh, bringing Abu Mazen in a meeting with him. I do have a problem with them hosting Ismail Haniyeh as they have apparently for a while. I didn't I didn't realize he was there. I certainly didn't realize we we're going to allow the Iranians to meet with him in the aftermath of this terrorist attack. It's appalling and deeply concerning. All right. I want to, uh, at the risk of being flip and giving out grades, I'm going to go ahead and give the Biden administration an A plus on everything they've what? been doing since this attack happened. I mean, uh, I'm going to particularly call out Secretary of State Blinken for immediately acting and getting into the region, doing diplomacy. That's what he should be doing. Uh, working out a deal with the Israelis on humanitarian access, I think was very smart and is really going to pull the rug out from under those who want to oppose what Israel is going to need to do in the days ahead. Kudos to him. Kudos to the president. However, I'm going to change that grade uh, to a much lower (laughs) one. If in the long run, they do not change their policy of appeasement with Iran. Iran is the root cause of the trouble here. They are the funders. They are the sustainers of Hamas. Uh, the, the administration's policy with respect to Iran needs to change. And if it doesn't, that A grade is going to go down to a D or an F. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks so much to Alex Toki, Claude Jennings, and the NSI staff for their help in producing today's episode. Join us again on Friday, October 20th, for another episode of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security and foreign policy debate shaking up America. Fault Lines is now on YouTube, so check out our channel for a video of today's episode. If you like what you heard or saw, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>